Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Melissa. That was, that what was, was your name? Logan. Oh, mine's Alyssa. I don't know if you heard it the first time. Okay. Um, this is The Marketer's Cut uh, with Logan and Alyssa. That's the new full title? No. No? Okay, we're not, we're not doing that. Um, we're a movie marketing podcast where we talk about two movies. We already have copyright for the other one. We can't, we can't do it. We can't change it. We have copyright. We just get two, two copyrights. Nope. I can't afford that. Double the copyright? I'm not going to go into copyright. Thank you. <laughs> Legalities. Um, we talk about two movies, uh, the marketing of two movies, and uh, normally one's a newer one, and one is an older, somehow related film. This episode, we're actually following that structure um, with the new Sony animation film, The Mitchells vs. the Machines on Netflix, and the second movie is The Lego Movie. Um, they have the same producers. Yeah, they were both uh, produced by... Christopher Lord and Phil Miller. And people love their movies. Yeah, they're when great. They, when they produce them. Do you ever sometimes think it's Christopher Miller and Phil Lord? No. Wait a second. It might be that. Hold on. Is it Christopher Miller and Phil Lord? Uh, so I just did a little bit of Googling, and um, it is Christopher Miller and Phil Lord. It just says Chris Miller. Well, yeah, but his name is Christopher. It- um, I'm just... I'm, is Phil's name Philip? I'm not cutting out the, the previous... It might be. And I'm not cutting out the previous part because I goofed and I need to own that because I can never remember their names. They're a duo and I get them mixed up all the time. Like, like Chris Miller, Phil Lord Spaghetti. You know what I'm saying? No. You don't? Okay. Well, um, let's jump right into the Mitchells versus the Machines. Are you down? Yes. All right. Well, this movie is uh, directed by um, Michael Rianda and Jeff Rowe. Um, He's a co-director. Here's a quick synopsis from IMDb. A quirky, dysfunctional family's road trip is upended when they find themselves in the middle of the robot apocalypse and suddenly become humanity's unlikeliest last hope. Yeah. I like that synopsis. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, some, some synopses are pretty inaccurate, I would say. Or just maybe a little too vague. Yeah, but uh, that's pretty great. Um, like I mentioned before, this is a Sony animation film. Um, I think the last big one, last notable one we got from them was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, they're always doing some pretty interesting things. Uh, this movie opened on April 30th, 2021 on Netflix. Um, budget was never officially disclosed, but... Estimated to be somewhere in between 50 and 100 million. Um, it's a very specific estimate, so you can work your multiplier thing, right? Oh, no, you can't because... There's no... Box office. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a Netflix film. Uh, so because it's on the, only on Netflix, we'll go straight into Rotten Tomatoes. Um, 97% critic, 91% audience. Very good. Very, very good. Um, no cinema score, again, because it's a Netflix film. It did not open in theaters. Um, or enough theaters. It was shown in a couple, apparently. I'm not sure exactly where. Uh, before we get into like the nitty gritty, what do you think of the movie? It was very good and funny. Animation was really cool. I cried. Several times. So did Alyssa. Never. Like a lot. Not once. Kind of bawling. Um, no, I, I thought it was great, too. I really loved it. It's probably probably one of the best movies one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time. 
I don't think I've had this reaction to a movie since like Palm Springs of last year. Yeah, that's true. Just a really, a really feel good, fun movie that also makes you feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, okay. So this movie, um, was heavily affected by the pandemic, like most movies were. It was originally set to release January 2020, uh, and then pushed to September 2020. Um, I actually think that first push was just a normal push, a non-COVID push. Um, but then in September 2020, they pushed it to October, because a month was really going to make a big difference then. Um, And then eventually removed it from the release calendar. And in January, it was announced that Netflix purchased the film from Sony for about $110 million. January 2020 or January 2021? January 2021. Okay. You know, because I'm talking about months and then I'm talking about October 2020. Well, it was nice just to know. So Netflix purchased this movie for a lot of money. Netflix has been really active in the pandemic time. A lot of streaming services have. Um, I also think a lot of movies have been willing to sell because there's a lot of uncertainty with the box office. So if you can take a certain $110 million, um, you might like that more. Uh, the film was originally titled The Mitchells vs. The Machines, which is what its title is now. Uh, when it was still owned by Sony, they changed the title to Connected. And then when Netflix bought it, they changed it back to Mitchells vs. The Machines because they didn't like Connected, uh, connected, and it was also Rihanna's, Rihanna's preferred title. Um, what do you feel about the Connected as a title? I do not like it as much as the Mitchells versus the Machines. Why? Um, I don't know. I feel like the Mitchells versus the Machines is just kind of fits the vibe of the movie better than Connected. Yeah, I think it has like a personality. Yeah. And I almost, I'm, you know, I'm speculating here on the reason, but it sounds like some Sony exec was like, the Mitchells versus the Machines is too long and complicated. Make it shorter. And then they just made it connected, which is so boring, I think, you know. Yeah, no like, meaning. Yeah. Um, no personality in it at, at, to it at all. So I'm really glad that it didn't release under that name. Um a couple little fun facts. Uh, Rihanna and Rose were former writers of Gravity Falls before doing this movie. Um, that's pretty cool, I think. Yeah, people really love Gravity Falls. Yeah, I'm really surprised I didn't see that in the trailer at all. Because normally, like in marketing, you want to kind of pull in some built-in audiences that you already have. Mm-hmm. Um, so like this movie, you, you know, it was like, hey, from the same producers that brought you Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And that's great. Like, that, that's really interesting. That gets people excited. And you can also throw in a quick, you know, from the writers of Gravity Falls or something. Mm-hmm. And um, it wouldn't have affected me much. I've never watched the show. I don't know much about it, but I know it has a fan base. Um, so if you can get some other, like, built-in fan bases excited for your movie, that's great. So I'm a little surprised we didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is there, and it's cool. So another cool thing, um, you know, before I bring this up, I actually want to say the, the voice cast in general, um, it's a big part of like marketing an animated movie. Uh, and I think the voice cast is pretty loaded in this film. Um, but I feel like they didn't mention it a lot in any of the trailers or anything. They didn't in the trailers, but in other marketing I saw for it, and particularly a lot of the social stuff, they were like, hey, we had this movie. 
here's all the people that are voicing it. And it was like a, a tweet thread, like throwing in more names and everything. Interesting. Um, and I mean, if you just think for a second about like the main cast, you have, um, you have Danny McBride, you have Abby Jacobson. Do you know who she is? Yes. I didn't know who she was. I, I had to look it up. Um, interesting though, like the Broad City mm-hmm. um, thing, which I've heard is great. I need to watch that. Have you ever seen it? Mm-hmm. A couple episodes. Oh. I've watched it on my own. Well, I want to watch it. Um, the director was the voice of the the brother, so not really a huge, you know, voice actor or, you know, actor name. Um, then you have, like, Conan O'Brien and Fred Armisen and Beck Bennett from SNL. And Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. I forgot about the her. Mom. Yes, the mom. Um, I couldn't remember her name, and I was going to ask you, and then I skipped over it. But it's a pretty stacked cast. Um, Griffin McElroy does an additional voice somewhere. Mm-hmm. Which I cannot figure out who he voiced, but he was one of the names listed in this tweet that the account like tweeted about. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't find it anywhere online. Yeah, I can't either. Um, but still, there's a lot of people, and they did make a big deal to like point that out and stuff. And another one that I am just now mentioning is Blake Griffin, who um, is an NBA player. He was cast as one of the robots. Um, do you know like who he is like in context of the NBA? No. Um, so he used to play for the Clippers, uh, with like Chris Paul and everything and was amazing. You know, he was like a dunk contest champion, um, a really exciting player. And in more recent years, he's kind of like fallen off, um, after injury and everything. He's played for the Pistons for a bit. And I believe he's actually on the Nets now, Mm -hmm. the Nets super team, but he's, he was like an insanely popular NBA player and he still is, um, Although maybe his, like, his level of play isn't, like, what it used to be. So it's interesting and cool that he's in this. And uh, he's been in other movies as well. But I think there could have been some cool, like, I don't know, like, NBA, like, at, le- at least on social and everything, some, like, cool NBA promotions and jokes. Well, you're making it seem like he's not really that involved with the NBA anymore he as much. is. And isn't that big of a deal as much. Um, and also, do you even remember who his character was when you watched the movie? No. Okay, so you don't know if he was dunking the whole movie. I don't know if he was dunking the whole movie? Yeah. I don't remember his... seeing a robot dunk. Well, because you weren't paying attention. I was, so I was glued to the screen. But you don't remember if that one specific robot was dunking the entire movie. And I guess it's possible. Thank you. I guess it's possible. Um... Another uh, another voice actress I didn't mention is Are you so? Do you know who Doug the Pug is? Yes, you don't need to scroll and act like I d- didn't see it. I know who the entire cast is, and I know that Doug the Pug did. But do you know? Did you know Doug the Pug before this movie? Did you not know Doug? the I Pug? I didn't know Doug the Pug. You did though. Yes. Did you like Doug the Pug? Who doesn't? <laughs> so Doug the Pug is something you think would have been like, oh, Doug the Pug's in this movie. I gotta go see it. Like, I got to see the movie that has I Doug mean, the Pug. I mean, I just Pug. saw it afterwards. I was like, that's cool, Doug the Pug. But I don't if you think... saw it before, would it have been like a, ooh? It would have been cool. I don't think he's ever done anything before in movies. Was this his debut feature? I think so. Ooh. <laughs> Introducing Doug the Pug. Um, get nominated for uh, the MTV Rising Stars Award or whatever they call it, you know? Yes. I th- I'm pretty sure he's been awarded on the ones that's like Best Pet. Instagram pet? There's no way he has it on it. Well, um, 
I don't know Doug the Pug. Obviously. I only know that one dog that is like a devil dog. I don't remember his name. And that wasn't even like an Instagram dog. That was just an adoptable dog that they said was no, like no, a No, no, oh, no. No, I'm talking about the one on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> pudgy? Pudgy, yeah. <laughs> um, man, they should get Pudgy in a movie. That'd be great. Yeah. And all he says is, ow, ow. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So uh, the voice cast is, is a big part of like promoting this movie. Another thing I wanted to kind of talk about is the... Uh, the level of detail in the movie, both in like the animation, but also in like just kind of the jokes that are kind of hidden in the background and everything. Like, you know, she has like a stack of, of DVDs in her room and like they're named after like, you know, they're parodies of real movies, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool, but like kind of hard to catch while you're watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And I read an interview where the director was talking about how like there's stuff like that in, in tons of like classic comedies, like in the Simpsons, it's just, you're, it's packed with stuff that you're going to miss, like on a first watch uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So they wanted to put that kind of level of care into the movie um, so that when people do notice it, they can, one, realize that the people that made it like care about it, but also they kind of feel rewarded for putting in that extra effort to maybe watch it again and go through all this stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. And I guess I wouldn't have thought about how that's like a, how it could be a like marketing strategy. But there are a ton of articles that are, like, small details you miss in The Mitchells versus The Machines. Mm-hmm. And I've seen stuff like this for, like, um, movies of big fandoms, like Star Wars and the Marvel shows and Marvel movies. It's like, oh, the Easter eggs you missed in this movie. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. And Pixar. Pixar, too. Because it's like, oh, where's the where the Easter eggs? Yeah. And stuff. Um, but with this movie, which, you know, it's an original film. Um, Sony's first original film since the star, the, the star. Do you remember that one? The, like, yes. Yeah. It's our first original film since that. Um, it doesn't have like that built in like fandom that's going to be searching for Easter eggs and a built in kind of like backstory where there's all these Easter eggs to find. Mm-hmm. These are just cool details that the directors threw in, but there's tons of articles of people writing about it, which means like a lot more people seeing or knowing, that I guess, that your film exists if they were to see stuff like this, you know? Yeah, I mean, after looking at an article like that, I'd instantly watch it again and be like, well, I want to see these things. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think it's kind of a cool thing, and it it just helps people engage and feel more, like, involved with your, with your film. Um, but that can see being really important. What do you think about uh, the trailer? The trailer did a good job. Um, except none of the really funny parts were in the trailer, which is fine because then you start watching it and you're like, wow, every part is funny. Yeah. It's kind of like a surprise, which is kind of how I felt about, uh, tell them what I'm doing with my head right now. You're spinning it in a circle. Uh, The Lego movie. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of the jokes in this movie, I think are, um, they're very like character and relationship based. And a lot of those are hard to put in a trailer, I think. Because you don't have the, the previous 10 minutes of relationship to base the joke off of. So it's, yeah. it's not funny until you watch the movie. But I still think they did a really good job of making it seem like interesting. They showcased the animation style. Which um, is so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and just kind of like about that. Like, you know, I've talked to you a lot about how like Sonic, and we kind of talked about this last week, was like the edgy cool thing to like Nintendo's Mario, which is for like families and everything. Mm-hmm. I think what we're 
kind of starting to see Sony do is um, they're, they're realizing that they don't have to do the same thing that like Pixar and DreamWorks does. Mm-hmm. Um, and DreamWorks should realize they don't have to do the same thing that Pixar does or something. Mm-hmm. Because um, like if, if someone's making a toaster and you say, well, I want to compete with them, you don't just make the exact same toaster and just like make it a different color and say, oh, here, here's my toaster. You know, you do something different. You get where I'm going with this? Yeah. You like my toaster analogy? No. <laughs> it's just, it, it doesn't make sense to do the same thing. So I think Sony's really smart and like funding these films that do something very different. And they, they occupy like a different space in animation and they can carve this out and make it their own and be really successful in that space. Because Pixar's not going to go here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, DreamWorks isn't going to go here. They play it too safe to an extent, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just think that's really interesting. Um, and the trailer does highlight that because, I mean, it doesn't hide the kind of movie that it looks, or it doesn't hide what it looks like at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, it embraces that it's something different and that's a selling point, not like a caveat, I guess. Yeah. Uh, poster. I feel the same way about the poster, kind of. Um, it embraces like this cool style. I uh, agree. This like comic booky. Draw a uh, paper or or doodle style, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really cool. It brought highlights that it's from the producer from the humans that brought you Spider Man into the Spider Verse and the Lego movie. Which, again, like this, those two movies and this movie, if I see a line like that mentioning any of them, I'm gonna want to see it now. Yeah, I agree. So, there we that's that's cool with that. They did the damn thing, they did do the damn thing, and they did it right. I agree. Do you want to talk about marketing ideas for this movie now? Um, I don't even know what to say. You don't even know what to say? They did so good. <laughs> they did do it so good. There's some other stuff we could think of, though. So, like... Um, I Oh, I have an idea I thought okay. of earlier. All right. Okay, so this movie comes out. And as soon as it comes out, the pal pops up on your phone. And pal says, I'm going to take over. And I'm going to start sucking all the people into this weird triangle. Uh, watch Mitchell's versus the machines. And are you saying that see like, how it ends? Are you saying that like Netflix should hijack like emergency alert systems? Yes. You know, so instead of like, hey, there's a tornado coming toward where you are right now, a.k.a. what happened to me at work yesterday, it's more... Hey, go watch the Mitchell versus the Machines, or else the robots are going to take over. Or maybe just as soon as you open up Netflix. Okay. And I mean, it's on Netflix. So, so like, a, like Pal is taking over the Netflix user interface. Yes. Okay. 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 Um, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think that's unique, and it just kind of pop up immediately, and they already have Netflix. You know. Now, on that note. Um, I think it'd be cool, and this is a lot of work, not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but create a personal assistant app. Um, maybe partner with one of the big ones that already has the technology there, so like Google or Apple or something, and um, have them, for a little bit of time, temporarily brand theirs as, or have the option to brand it as, as PAL, you know? Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I think that would be kind of cool. Uh... I yeah. think another thing would be cool is that Kate Mitchell in this, Katie Mitchell in this 
makes a lot of her own family films, I would like to see almost like a reel of those. And I think if I were to just happen to come on it, and I don't know if it'd be like a commercial or what, but if I were to see something like that, I'd be like, oh, this movie's going to be funny. You'd get the humor that you don't get in the trailer or the poster. And I think it would possibly get more people to watch it. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be cool, like, you know, just to have those on YouTube or something, too. Like, like these short extra films, you know, mm-hmm. that you can watch, like, Dog Cop. Yes. Um, things would be really fun. Uh, I think that there's something you could do to engage, and they're kind of doing this already, but, like, engaging the online film community. Because, like, there's a lot of... There's that one shot where she's, like, in her classroom with a kid, and she's like, behold, cinema. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like, I've already seen them share that. And, hell, I'm going to start using that for all my favorite moments in movies, you know? Use that meme. Yeah, that is a really good meme. I did see that, and I thought that was pretty good. Um, But also, like, I saw, like, the Letterboxd Twitter account tweet, like, Katie Katie Mitchell, drop your Letterboxd. With, like, a picture of, like, all her movies in the stack with, like, the parody names on them and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, do more to engage with that. Like, do a promotion with Letterboxd, you know? Like, hit that online film community. Um, I don't know. I mean, people fucking go apeshit over A24. Like, I know this isn't an A24 movie, but, like, give her, like, a like a B27 hat. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that'd be good. And and sell it. Sell it as merch, you know? Now, how do you get the dads involved? The dads? Okay, well, um, okay, you could offer the screwdriver as like a, well, it, you know, you can't go see this in theaters, but it could be like a little at the door, like, only give it to the dads, a nice screwdriver. Actually, you got to give it to the whole family because everyone gets their screwdriver. Yeah, that's true. So, um, a cool, uh, what's it called? B32. Greg's head. I don't know. I don't think it's called Greg's head, but there should, like, Phillips head screwdriver. Greg's head feels like the next natural evolution of screwdrivers. Now, you know how you get those naughty dads there? I'm sorry, what? Dads who, like, uh, more slapstick comedy. Okay, can you say the thing before again? No. No, he's in here. You want to get some clarification on that. So you just say Danny McBride's in this. And dads are like, really, Danny McBride? And then they're going to be like, I mean, yeah, I guess I'll go see it. I, I guess wanna... it's, not in a, it's not in a movie theater, but I guess if you were to be at home, you're like, well, dad, Danny McBride is in this. He'd be like, okay. I saw a really funny like tweet that featured Danny McBride recently. I don't think this podcast is the place to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> um, but if anyone listening wants to know, hit me up and I'll sit <laughs> on the tweet because it's very funny. Um, and I'll show you after we record because it's, or tell you about it because it's fucking hilarious. Um, and goes in line with what you're saying about Danny McBride being a, being a what? He's say it, say it. Dads who like slapstick comedy like Danny McBride. That's a, a what I said. Dad. Um, can the tagline for this movie be a, a film for all the naughty dads out there? Um. Well, no, you can't make it all about the dads. So when we tweet, we tweet about like the kind of the three weird things we talk about during the show. You know, yeah, on our podcast, and like normally they're kind of hard to come up with, but like naughty dads is like. <laughs> 
going to be all three of them this week. Who said Naughty Dad? You did. No, first. I, no you just said I it. I never would have said that phrase in my life. <laughs> and you said it and you brought it to me. And I thank you for that. I don't think that was me. Do you want to move on? Yeah. No, no, I seriously do think that they should have given her like a B27 hat and sold that as merch. I think that would be like a genuinely awesome idea. Okay, we well, already talked about that idea. I know. I just want to say that before we move on. Well, what, then I'm going to bring back one of my old ideas. <laughs> I, I really wish they would have put all the films out on YouTube all right. that she did. Do you really wish they would have set a film for all the naughty dads out there? <laughs> I never said those words. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the Lego movie. Um, man, so the Lego movie was directed by... And if I just want to went down on my notes, I would have saw what their yeah, actual names are. I figured it had to be in there somewhere. Um, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord. And here's a quick synopsis. An ordinary Lego construction worker thought to be the prophesized... Um, wow, I copy and pasted this from IMDb, and there's a typo in it. Yeah. Thought to be prophesized as special is recruited to join a quest to stop an evil tyrant from gluing the Lego universe into eternal stasis. Great. Amazing. This movie opened on February February 7th, 2014. Seven years ago, baby. <sighs> Long time. Um, budget was $85 million. Uh, estimated the total cost, including promotion and advertising, um, also known as P&A, I have learned, uh, was about $100 million. Interesting. Um, yeah. Total? Total or cost. Included. And that includes the budget and everything okay. else. Okay. Um, opening weekend, $69 million. Opening weekend, $69 million. We saw an opening weekend. $69 million. So did we contribute to that number? Mm, nice. Okay. Next. You weren't going to say... I was leading you... Man... Nope, leaving you hanging. I'm disappointed. Um, we did contribute to that number. Uh, total domestically, it made $258 million, made 210 international for a total of 468 worldwide. This movie made dollars. Th- that's 5.5 multiplier. <laughs> a multiplier of 5.5058835. Uh, I look forward to your calculator skills every <laughs> week. <laughs> um, that doesn't include like the 100 whatever you said the first time though. Oh, yeah. No, it is, the multiplier is based on budget. That's it, really. Perfect. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores had a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 87% audience. Boo! It's worse than the Mitchells versus the Machines. Yeah. Now, listen, I think I like the Mitchells versus the Machines more than the Lego movie. That's true. I agree with that. Um, cinema score? Uh, there was no cinema score for this film, and I couldn't figure out why. Because it opened in plenty of theaters. Yeah, yeah, it definitely had a big opening. So I'm not really sure um, what was going on with that. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the like you know marketing stuff with this movie. Um, so on the basic end, it's Lego. You expect some Lego stuff. Over 20 Lego sets inspired by the film were produced. And they also had some collectible minifigures from the film as well. You know, um, Probably the most accurate Lego minifigures ever made. Yeah, you know probably. <laughs> Um, so there were Lego retail stores and they hosted events leading up to the movie. And they're also, um, they were giving out character posters with purchases and they would like change every week. You know, it's like this week, if you come buy something, you'll get a Emmett character poster. Or next week you'll get a wild style character poster. 
and stuff, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, they also had a website where fans could make minifigure versions of themselves, which is cool. And then they later put, like, those minifigure uh, versions in the trailer. In a trailer. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think it's really awesome. Um, but yeah, that's all, like, the basic stuff that you kind of expect with a film like this. Uh, now, they, there was a song, and I've, again, talked so much on this podcast about how I love when a movie has a song. That's, like, for that movie, you know? Like, Wolf Walkers had one. Yeah. Freaky Friday had one. What? Oh, yeah. The song at the end that she plays with her band. Yeah. Um, love it. So, this one has Everything is Awesome. It's by Tegan and Sarah, uh, and it features The Lonely Island. And I don't know if they wrote it. It's performed by them. Well, not in... The, the, the music video we watched did not sound the same as the version they sing in the movie. But it's like the version they promoted. And pro- you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, it's great. The music video is amazing. It's like a mixture of clips from the film. Um, Tegan and Sarah and the Lonely Island minifigures performing the song. Yeah. And then a mixture of what looks to be like fan submitted Lego clips. Um, I'm not sure if they were fan submitted, but I would bet that they were because that's sort of how Lego marketing as a whole works mm-hmm. is like, and I'll talk about that soon, but it's building that relationship with your fans and, and customers and everything. Um, but I think that music video is amazing. Uh, you're bringing in, again, we talk about these built-in fan bases. You bring in fans of Tegan and Sarah, fans of The Lonely Island, um, to maybe be interested in going to watch your animated film. I think that's cool. Maybe. Maybe? I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't know that they even did the song until today. Oh. Now, I remember that they did it uh, then, you know. But I did listen to a little bit of Tegan and Sarah in high school. Like, a little bit. Not a lot. Um... Cool. So, like, on their social, they did a lot of promotion. On Twitter, they did something called hashtag Lego Fan of the Week. And each week, they would tweet about a cool thing that a fan did with Legos. And with this one in particular, um, on the movie account, it was, you know, some something that a fan did with Legos related to the, the movie coming out soon. Of course. Um, on Facebook, they also did a Lego Fan of the Week competition where you could submit pictures and everything. And they also shared fan pics with Lego Movie standees. Um, I don't remember that standee. I don't either. The pic, the one I saw, I don't think we got at the theater I worked at at the time. Okay. Um, you have to remember I worked at a like value theater at the time as well. Yeah. So we didn't get a lot of standees. Um, but the one I saw, I don't remember ever seeing before in these pictures. Okay. But it's a cool thing. Um, and like Lego marketing... Like, the Lego bricks, like, that kind of Lego marketing is always, like, about engaging with the community, young and old. Um, and that's no different with the Lego movie social marketing. It's, just, it's how they kind of uh, shape the whole thing. Um, and this is kind of where we get into the concept of, like, okay, yeah, it's the Lego movie. Legos are a huge brand. Um, it's also a movie. So, like, is, is the Lego movie brand propaganda or is it, like, a serious actual film? I, when I saw the trailer, I said, this is the stupidest thing on the planet. Who gives a fuck about this? Other than kids, I guess, who play with Legos. Like, I don't care about this. And then more and more stuff came out, and I was like, this isn't what I'm expecting it to be. 
this isn't like the propaganda I expected it to be. Yeah. And then I saw it and I would say that I think it's an actual film. Okay. I, I agree with you. I went through the exact same thought process through the whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, watch it and I was like, oh, wow, no, this, it's just a movie that happens to be with Legos. Yeah. Um, but then I read an article in The Guardian today um, that has kind of shaped how I think about it a little bit differently. Um, it's not brand propaganda necessarily. It's Lego saying, hey, make a good movie. We don't care how you do it. Just use Legos in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's Lego wanting that to happen. And The Guardian called it the greatest piece of content marketing of all time. Um, you know, and content marketing is a blog that a company may write to put on their company blog or something like that. Um, a video that a company may make to put on YouTube. Uh, the Lego movie is it is a serious film. It is by filmmakers who are great filmmakers and make great stuff, but they created this um, this long-lasting piece of art, mm-hmm. the Lego movie, that consistently gets people into Legos. And it's created this movie franchise, Lego Batman, Lego Ninjago, that has helped both expand Legos, but also like with Lego Ninjago, which is based on like an existing Lego set helps push people back to that Lego set. You know what I'm saying? Well, but only if it would have been a good movie. Yeah, that's that's the point. It had to be a good movie for it to work like this. Which is why I don't think there was a ton of, like, Lego interference. There wasn't a lot of um, Marvel... So you did in the game Marvel vs. Capcom. Yeah. Um, They're very limited on what they can do with Marvel characters because Marvel doesn't want their characters to be shown, like, getting bloodied up and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, they have a, a lot of control over how their brand is portrayed. Yeah. What seems like happened to this is that Lego actually, they loosened took a step that control? back. Yeah. They loosened that control. They took a step back and said, make a good movie. And it seems like that was possibly a very conscious decision to sell Legos in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, a comparison that the Guardian article made was Bratz, the Bratz movie. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Um, had a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was bad. Do you remember anything about that movie? Did you uh, ever see it? I, I saw it. You saw it? And it wasn't good. I, okay. Um, and I think the Bratz is what you get when you go the opposite route. And you say, okay, we're making a movie and it needs to sell Bratz. And to sell Bratz, we need to have it do this and have it do this and have it do that. Yeah. And now nobody cares or talks about that movie. Um, but the Lego movie like lives on. People talk about it as a masterpiece. In terms of animated films. Yeah. And um, I just think it's a really interesting conversation uh, about what movies can be and what movies can be in, like, this capitalistic corporate system. hmm Cool. What do you think about the Lego Movie trailer? Uh, again, compared to the teaser trailer I once saw, it definitely does a better job at explaining it. And I also think same thing with the Mitchells versus the Machines. It doesn't show how funny it actually is, but you still get the whole concept of it in there, and that's really what you need. Yeah. I mean, I think the trailer, um, it, it did look dumb to me, but at the same time, like, it has, I mean, it looked dumb originally, you know? Mm-hmm. But it does have, like, a Batman and, like, a Wonder Woman and uh, a Gandalf. Yeah, it's really cool was... to see all of these, like, characters all coming together because they're all Lego characters. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting, and... That's enough to kind of be like, huh, how are they going to do this? And also the music. There's like, I believe, three different extremely well-known songs in this. There's the um, 
is it Avicii, the Wake Me Up? I don't know. Song that it starts with that song, and then I believe it hits a Lady Gaga song in the middle, and then it like kind of does a little transition to Take on Me. I don't remember any of this. Oh well, I mean, we just watched it. Um, I, I couldn't like get my because I was like, why is this Wake Me Up song in it? You know what I'm saying? Yes. It just it felt out of place, but they were clearly trying to use some really well done music to, I guess, catch people's ear or something. It's a That's little true. weird, but it wasn't terrible. Just it kind of stuck out to me a bit. Yeah. Um, poster poster is pretty. The the biggest the best thing the poster has going for it is like I said it has like these other characters, um, like you see that there's like a Batman and a Robin and Wonder Woman and all this stuff on it. I wish you wouldn't have pulled up this poster from Walmart's website. Yeah, they keep asking me to check that I'm not a robot, and I'm I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I'm not gonna click on what the crosswalk is. There is just not, can you just not go to Google? Well, yeah, but then when you click on the image to look at it bigger, it takes you to where the image comes from. Like, well, just an, don't click Walmart, please. This is Amazon. Is that better? Yes. Okay. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. But yeah, um, do you have anything else you want to say about the poster? No, I agree with you. Having those other characters is really interesting, and they did the damn thing. <laughs> they did the damn thing. Um, cool. Well, then let's get into our marketing ideas. Do you have any good marketing ideas for this film? Um, I would make figurines after the figures in the movie. I said they did that. I would make, I'd call it Legos and you'd like build them like blocks. Oh, okay. And I bet you'd sell a lot. Yeah. No, it's very possible. Yeah. You want to hear what my idea is? Sure. All right. So in the Everything is Awesome song, um, there's the great verse, the great Lonely Island verse that sounds like it's straight out of Popstar. Yeah. Um, but it's about how, like, you know, everything is awesome. A bad thing happens. It's still awesome. One of the lines is, I stepped in mud. Now I have new brown shoes. Which is beautiful. Yeah. Poetic, even, I would say. Um, I think there should be little inflatable pools in front of every theater door filled with mud. And everybody leaves the theater with a pair of new brown shoes. That's a terrible idea. That's an amazing idea. Because every, it's awesome. You get a pair, new, brown, new, new brown pair of shoes. If anything, they would have done double-decker sofas and would have done that in all the movie theaters, and that's the only way you could watch it. That is to completely remodel every movie theater in the country, in the world, with double-decker sofas. Yes. So you can watch TV and movies with your friends. Yes. And have a great time. Yes. Amazing. Cost-effective, I would say. Well, maybe not cost-effective, but... Or it'd be cool if, like, there's just one. There's just one in every theater. And if you get the, if you, if you, I don't know, you get surprise tickets. And you're like, whoa, I won the double-decker tickets. Um, no, you're right, you're right. I have another idea, okay? Okay. So, I didn't think about it, but, like, there's these, I guess, category of movies where you have, like, a bunch of different IPs coming together in one film. Lego Movie is one of those. Another one is, like, Ready Player One. Um, yes. And the next one looks to be Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, where you have the Iron Giant and everything. And there's also the very violent criminals from A Clockwork Orange, um, which you've never seen. No. But it's a, they're very violent boys. Um, and they're in the, the Space Jam 2 trailer. 
interesting. <laughs> um, it's awful. It's the weirdest decision I've ever seen made. But I'm wondering uh, what really weird IP do you think the Lego movie should have kind of thrown in here? And like, even if they didn't have the rights to it, just like, just fucking do it, you know? I don't know. They put Abraham Lincoln in there and I thought that was pretty fucking good. Abraham Lincoln was in the movie. Um, that is great. Um, I don't know, like, this is 2014, so what's... Okay, I think, like, the cast of Birdman should have just, like, been thrown in there somewhere, you know? Nobody would have gotten that. They're okay. children. One thing that the Lego movie did do, which I forgot to find in my research, but we talked about it a couple episodes ago, is uh, when... Because this movie came out in February, so the Oscars were, like, at the end of that month or the beginning of the next month. So they they made... Lego posters for all the movies that year. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure there was like a her Lego poster. Oh, I do kind of remember that. Um, and they were like very cool. Like I remember, um, I remember seeing them. I had them. <laughs> yep, here it is. Uh, I'm gonna share this on our Twitter because it's amazing. Yeah, that is very good. Um, look up the other ones. Uh, what else is nominated for? Just look up Oscar Lego per posters. That's all you have to do. Okay, well, come up with an idea while I'm looking, looking these up. I don't have any more ideas, sir. Um, okay, love an Oscar built out of Legos. Thank you for that instead of... Yeah, we're not... Not actually... pictures, put in posters. Okay, here's some, though. There's Gravity. There's Captain Phillips, which is a Lego man holding a gun. Wait, is that a gun? Oh, that's not a gun. That's no, a boat. Yeah, it's that's a boat. That's just a boat. It looks like a gun. Um, the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort one is very good, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I saw that one. Um, I also love the American Hustle one. Very funny. Very amazing. Why is there a Hangover Part 2 one? Well, that wasn't, I don't, I think, I don't think that was official. Well, it's still very funny. But, um, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I think we're kind of running out of time. So you ready to end the episode? Sure. All right. Well... We'll post these Lego uh, Oscar posters on our Twitter because they're amazing. And you can find that Twitter um, at Marketers Cut. And you can also find Instagram at Marketers Cut as well. Uh, find the podcast anywhere you can find podcasts or on YouTube. Learn more at MarketersCut.com. I want to thank Jacob Wall for his art. Find more of his work on Instagram at Jacob Art Wall. Next week, our movie is Up in the Air. We don't know what it's going to be. Up in the Air? I haven't heard of that one. No. Great. Um, we're still trying to figure it out. Uh, I don't want to commit to this because um, we might find something that's like new and exciting. But if you're a listener and you have a movie you want to hear us talk about, um, let us know right after you listen to this episode so we have time to prepare and maybe we'll do it next week. Maybe we'll do the damn thing. Maybe we'll do the damn thing. Um, well, that's it. I'm going to go ahead and say bye now. And I don't know if Alyssa has some weird outro she wants to do, but I'm still bringing up the music now because we're really over time. Uh, no. Not today. Not today? Don't have time for it. Do too, you, too rainy. Can you sing Wake Me Up by Avicii? No. I can. So wake me up when you fall over. That was bad. Not a bad of